You know, people have been pursuing peace for a long time. I grew up in the 60s and the 70s, and uh, <laughs> I remember the peace sign. I, with my two fingers up, raised it, raising them high. It was kind of a generational thing. It was a cool thing to do as you greeted your friends. I remember the roundish peace sign, you know, with the lines through the middle, uh, of course, uh, especially because it was popular. It was popular to paint the peace sign on the sign of a VW bus, especially in psychedelic color schemes. I even had a couple of really wild peace t-shirts. But I admit, actually for me, pursuing peace and understanding peace, it eluded me. It was kind of like the side of the VW bus, actually. Peace was a graphic, eye-catching, colorful display until it drove away into the sunset, taking away any manifestations or concrete examples of what peace really is with it. I guess for me, I have to admit, it's safe to say that peace was just another fad. Peace was just another symbol kind of floating on the surface, so to speak, without anything to shore it up and keep it from disappearing and sinking. You know, in the midst of what's been going on lately, I heard that there's some new signs, some new symbols of peace, concrete examples of what peace really is, one of which is taking a knee. Yeah, taking a knee. Taking a knee alongside those whose voices whose lives are hurting and voices are not being heard. Taking a knee alongside of those who are seeking justice and fairness in their world. In a world they call home and they want so badly to be home. So in the tsunamis of unrest that are surrounding us today, has anything been left unsaid? Is there anything left undone? What can we, the church, say, and importantly, what can we, the church, do this week to pursue the peace we all want so badly? Well, I'm sharing with you a few words about peace, and this is only one part of the Bible that talks about peace. It's from the letter of 2 Peter, chapter 1. I pray that God will be kind to you and will let you live in perfect peace. May you keep learning more and more about God and our Lord Jesus. We have everything we need to live a life that pleases God. It was all given to us by God's own power when we learned that he had invited us to share in his wonderful goodness. God made great and marvelous promises so that his nature would become part of us. Then we could escape our evil desires and the corrupt influences of this world. Do your best then to improve your faith. You can do this by adding goodness, understanding, self-control, patience, devotion to God, concern for others, and love. If you keep growing in this way, it will show that what you know about our Lord Jesus Christ has made your lives useful and meaningful. So ends the reading today from the second letter of Peter. 
Well, like many of you, many of you that I know love and disagree with on a regular basis, I'm sad, I'm disappointed, I'm hurting and confused. I'm actually, get this, I'm amazed at the ripples of unrest and violence in America. Now listen, I admit, I admit that my amazement with the unrest today reveals how, just how out of touch I am with the issue of racial injustice in America. I confess that my amazement with this unrest reveals my sheltered, shielded, and yes, my privileged life. It also reveals the fact that my understanding of peace is on the surface and I have not dug as deep as I should have either. So would you allow me please just to say a few things and I say these things with utmost care and I say these things with genuine humility and I say these things in a spirit of someone who really wants to understand and do something, do something about not only understanding peace but making peace a reality in my life and in the lives of those who want it to be a part of theirs. Listen, I get it. At least I hope and pray that I get it. I can't even imagine what it's like to be a person of color, living or trying to live in America today. What with the brutal killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis recently and the many, many other black lives that have been taken over the years for several reasons, and reasons which I, I, I know that these reasons, reasons can and they will continue to be debated, sadly, Sadly, and often along partisan lines at times. Either way, regardless of what we want to debate here, black lives have been taken, lives of color have been taken, and regardless of where you stand or where you fall, it's clear. America, and now even the world, around the world, especially in England, societies have erupted in chaos, Violence and destruction and genuine calls for justice and peace are happening. And by the way, even in the midst of all the craziness, we can't deny that many, many dedicated persons and groups have demonstrated peacefully. They've even put themselves at risk by speaking out against the thugs and the angry looting mobs that are using this life-changing event as what one person said, and this is a quote, they're using this as an opportunity just to break glass. I understand people wanting their voices to be heard. Wanting to be heard. I understand people wanting to stand firm until the perpetrators pay the price for the crimes they commit. But in this case, and with a lot of what's been going on, one's understanding and one's own pursuit of justice in America certainly these groups have been making, and, and I'm referring to the groups that have been making the most headlines these days, their understanding has just become warped and chaotic and crazy and disfigured. It's taken on a whole new look. Just like the fire in the sky at night and the bricks shattering the windows, the long-awaited justice-seeking effort very quickly became out of hand. You might even say it became out of hand overnight. And for many, it has become an excuse, a handy venue, just 
an opportunity to demonstrate and destroy and divide the very society we're trying to heal and save. And now we're trying to save America from ourselves. You know, Americans from all walks of life have been speaking out. In fact, it was just a couple days ago that George Floyd's own brother was heard saying at a rally, and this is a quote, George Floyd's family want his name to be a call to action, not a call to destruction. You might know that several former presidents have now spoken out about the pain of racial injustice in America. President Jimmy Carter said in a recent statement, The time for racial discrimination is over. With great sorrow and disappointment, I now repeat those words today, nearly five decades later. Dehumanizing people debases us all. Humanity is beautifully and almost infinitely diverse. The bonds of our common humanity must overcome the divisiveness of our fears and prejudices. Violence, whether spontaneous or consciously incited, he wrote, is not a solution. Now, some of you today might think my little story here is a bit trite, especially in this case. But honestly, it reminds me of when Charlie, our beloved dog, used to claw at and destroy and forcefully pull out the stuffing from his favorite bed. Charlie loved his little red bed. But here's the point. Charlie's actions, which happened often, I'm convinced they were a gut instinctive reaction. It was in his DNA to dig and to root around in things. Charlie didn't realize what he was doing as he tore holes and as he trashed his favorite bed. I can remember seeing him walk by it later and kind of have this cute little look on his face and went, whoa, what did I do here? Yikes. So what about you and me today? Do we just not have the tools to react and behave differently? Is it also in our DNA to seek to divide and destroy, to dig, to pull, to tear at our own life, to kill, to turn away? Has God not given us and shown us a better way to live? Okay, I only deserve to speak for myself here, so I'm going to. I can't get away any longer with considering peace as a sign I do with my fingers or a wild paint job on the side of a building or a, like a painted tattoo on a VW bus. Christ our Lord is not going to allow me or you or anyone anymore to overlook what makes for peace anymore. We know full well God has shown us how to pursue justice, how to understand, and how to live in peace. So what does the Bible have to say about a world in turmoil that wants peace but differs radically in how it might be achieved? Is dominating the streets, crushing all who disagree with you, the answer to the pursuit of peace? Or maybe is coming alongside your foe, putting out a hand in friendship, hugging them gently, smiling at them and taking a knee with them, kneeling on the ground 
and looking heavenward with a prayer. Would these types of actions be getting closer someday to accomplishing the peace that seems to elude us all? You know, although the authorship of the letter of Second Peter is debated, and that's not unusual for biblical writings, commentator David Guzik notes that the writer of this letter calls himself Simon Peter. And perhaps, since he wrote this letter later in life, Peter didn't want to forget where he came from and that sometimes he was still more like the old Simon than he was the new Peter. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for the new reborn Peter because it's in this letter that he shares with us here. And this, again, I'm quoting the scripture. We have everything we need to live a life that pleases God. And then Peter lays out a recipe, you might say, for living into the image of Christ as together we pursue this peace that we speak of. Yes, Peter reminds us that it's up to each one of us to pursue injustice and peace along the path of a holy journey. That's the journey that we live as the church, isn't it? It's a journey that recognizes, honors, and faithfully carries out the God-given progression of first, understanding, second, faith. It's an understanding and faith that leads to patience, patient living. It's a patience that naturally glides into devotion and a life of goodness. It's a life of goodness that seeks the goodness in others and joins others taking a knee. It's a goodness that results in kindness, yielding the fruits of loving attitudes and eventually those fruits reveal themselves as compassionate ways of living. Well, on the surface, it sounds simple enough, right? So how do we faithfully accomplish the pursuit of peace? Where does it begin And whose responsibility is the achievement of peace and unity? And what might an actual manifestation of peace look like in today's world? Well, since I'm the guy with the microphone, I get to share with you what I think are examples of peace. Examples of peace-filled living. Now, I'm not asking you to agree with me, but I do hope that some of these things will get our attention and, and maybe even get us shook up a bit referring to the movement of angry demonstrations going on in our nation, a message from the White House to the governors came across like this. Quote, The only time demonstrations of this nature are successful is when you are weak, and most of you are weak. A further note said it like this. If people are running amok, you have to dominate, and if you're not dominating, you're wasting your time. Keeping in mind, the genuine pursuit of peace, which is what we're talking about here today. The governor of Michigan responded to these taunts by saying this, These remarks are dangerous. We must reject this way of thinking. This is a moment that calls for empathy, humanity, and unity. We must remember our enemy here is racial injustice, not one another. Also this week, in a demonstration of, uh, of uh, 
an entity in, 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 in life finally deciding to do something concrete about the pursuit of peace. A Minneapolis school board voted to break their relationship with the police department. And according to one board member, the board, and I'm, re I'm reading here, uh, uh, this, this is a quote, the board cannot, quote, claim to fight institutional racism while being aligned with the Minneapolis Police Department, end quote. Now, currently, the, the police department provides the school districts with what are called school resource officers. But the board agreed that the reality of a secure and safe school campus will not be something will not be something known as a show of force intended to keep order. Rather, a safe campus will be one where students have an ongoing mentor relationship with those in authority. Finally, as we bring the pursuit of peace home, as we bring it from our television screens and the newspaper pages all the way into our own living rooms and the seat right beside us where we sit, we need to be asking ourselves these same questions. But let's ask us ourselves these questions as people who faithfully follow the way of Jesus. What can we do or not do in order to continue to pursue and lead a life of genuine peace? What can we do? We can start today. We can start by changing the world around us second by second minute by minute, hour by hour, decision by decision, day by day, with faith-filled acts of understanding, patience, devotion that leads to kindness, kindness that leads to, to acts of love, one life at a time, one person at a time, one occasion at a time, right where we live, right where we shop, the places we drive, the places where we get a haircut, the grocery stores that we enter, and the parking lots that we walk in. Can we keep growing in this way, as the Bible says? Yes, we can. Yes, we will pursue peace. We will understand peace as way more than a, 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 a figure that we make with our hands as we greet each other or the paint job on the side of a vehicle. The answer is yes, we will take a knee beside our sisters and our brothers. Every day, every moment, we will take a knee beside them regardless of the color of their skin. Oh God, waymaker, miracle worker, light in the darkness, convict us of our own sinful behaviors, attitudes, actions, thoughts, and the systemic behaviors that we participate in. These behaviors that promote violence, distrust, hatred, destruction, and division. Oh God, rid, of, rid us of all malice and hatred toward others for any reason. Waymaker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Make a way in us and all those around us 
away an ongoing innate ability, a natural tendency, an ability to live lives filled with holiness, compassion, grace, forgiveness, and understanding. Prince of Peace, Promise Keeper, would you stay with us, live with us, teach us, and empower us, each one, to pursue the peace that you seek for us and for the world around us? Oh God, would you empower us to pursue peace and to take a knee? Amen.